0: Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulted Commissions family, what's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulted Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining with me. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to click like, subscribe, and comment at the end of the show. So today's guest, we talk about catapulting commissions in a capacity of making more money. Earning high commissionable dollars. Today's guest has been fortunate and privileged enough to be a seven figure earner in the SaaS sales community, specifically working for a company. Guy, right now, as uh, he is the VP of Strategic Account Solutions for Live Person or Live Person, sorry about that. Let me tell you about Brandon Flewhardy. Brandon has been working on selling to the largest brands across the globe. Brandon is taking his all his wisdom, all his knowledge, combined it into an ebook on seven steps to gain to seven figures. The unique thing about Brandon is what he does it is he discusses in the capacity of earning income without burning out. Now, I know the catapulted commissions community. We've talked about this in the show before. I've I've heard it in the DMs. Yes, I want to work hard. Yes, I want to drive, but there is a component of burnout that really affects people. He is, he is sharing his strategies today, all while averaging seven hours a night of sleep. Now, I got to be honest with you, Catapult Commission's family, that there might be the key to breaking into that seven-figure community. Let's talk about it. Brandon, welcome to the Catapult to Commission's podcast. Anthony, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I- Absolutely. But so fun, fun, fun fact. Let's just, let's just paint a picture here. You're a former professional soccer player many, many moons ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. you've, you've taken that competitive background, you worked your way into sales, which I truly believe anybody who has a competitive um, background excels in a competitive industry such as sales. Can you give us a highlight, high level of, of your career trajectory from soccer player to be the badass salesperson you are today. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I left college early uh, to go try my luck and earn a professional contract in Eastern Europe. I was definitely off the beaten path; did not deserve to be there. But uh, through through hard work, I was able to get myself in that environment. Uh, unfortunately, ran into some injury issues, uh, so I, I did come back and finish school. And uh, but what I did was I took that mindset of discipline and. Um, you know, being strategic about how I harnessed my energy and looked after myself and and, and brought that in, into sales. And, you know, it's been almost 20 years in, in sales and uh, I haven't looked back. Love it. 20 years in sales. You still learning something new every day? Absolutely. You have to. I feel like you can put yourself in a position where you can learn something new every day. You can keep evolving. That's how you can deliver good results to to your prospects, to your customers. Um yeah, if you don't have that abundance mindset and you think you've made it, um you know, that's the the, the first sign of you know,
0: complacency and you're not going to keep evolving. You know, I love as you say that. There's there's sales professionals uh, you know, fun fact, the catapultic Mission's community, I have sales professionals at every stage of their career. So, I've heard people and they're typically and I, and I hate saying this cuz I'm maybe offensive but the hell with it. There are people who haven't made the income that you've made, haven't reached the level you have that say, like, I'm on autopilot. I just know how I do things. I don't, I don't have to work hard. My territory runs itself. Uh, You know, I, 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 am a big fan of work life balance, but I think people uh, don't set up work life balance in a proper way where it's more life balance, less work. And so, you know, they get stuck in these ruts and, and, and these incomes, you know, and some are, some are decent incomes, right? Some are like, Oh, I'm making 200 yeah. grand a year, yeah. but they have never passed 300. They never passed right. 500. And, right. and those are the people that say, I'm not learning something new every day. So I'm glad you answered yeah. in that capacity. Yeah. You break into sales. Let's, let's, before we, before we go into how you break into strategic, uh, SaaS sales, what was yeah. like your very first sales job you got into? Like, I mean, how did that first happen? Yeah. So
1: really, you know, when the, the pro soccer thing didn't work out, I, I said, okay, well, I still want to be involved in the game. And I was in New York at the time, specifically Long Island. And I linked up with a soccer training organization that focused on training young players across Long Island. You know, we focused on like five to 12 year olds. And honestly, even though it wasn't a dedicated sales role, that's where I cut my teeth in sales because we were a company of five. We eventually grew it to 50 people in, in like a few years. And it was kind of cool because it felt like this startup. We were all former collegiate players. We were all former professional players, and we came up with this unique system of how to train players. And um, you know, I was selling, I you know, it, without even knowing it. So that was my first lesson of just saying, "Hey, the best way to sell is to stop selling." <laughs> uh, and then, and then my first true dedicated job after that is. You know, I wanted to leave Long Island. wanted to, you know, live and work in New York city. Um, I don't know if your, your viewers can see it behind you, but I started teaching myself how to DJ so I could supplement my income and, uh, pay the rent, which I barely did. <laughs> New York city is an expensive <laughs> place. And, uh, when you're in your twenties, you guys you just got to figure it out. So, uh, where I learned to start DJing uh, was, uh, and there's a photo behind me, J Master J of Run DMC. He started a, uh, he co-founded a school called Scratch in, in New York City, and I started teaching myself there and learning. And then um, there was an opening for an account manager role um, at Scratch, and what Scratch was trying to to do is transition into more of like a music marketing company where they could take DJ talent who were who were instructors and use that talent to say DJ at Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom's or Crunch Fitness um, and even program background music so you can elevate the mood inside, you know, retail stores and locations. And so that was my first dedicated role in sales. It was an account manager selling these music marketing solutions to to large companies.
0: You know, I, I love hearing the background you share. It's uh, there, There's something that you said that I think reveals, just mentioning here, Catapult's Commission's family, the tenacity that Brandon mentioned. This isn't, we're painting a picture because we're definitely going to get to the fun part of the seven figures. We're going to get to the fun part of the sales. But I like to paint that picture. Professional soccer player, Goes down that route. Anyone who's done any any athletic event at a high level, whether it's archery, uh, football, basketball, ballet, taekwondo, you're you're it's just it's a high level of competition, and you're used to putting yourself out there. You come back, you live in one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in. You're a 20 year old <laughs> guy, and you're like, I gotta I gotta learn to make ends meet. So rather than say, Hey, I'm gonna give up, I can't do this, you're like, You know what? How about it? I'm gonna learn to DJ. And then yeah. not only did you learn to DJ, and I, you know, we can go down the road of hip hop from one of the most amazing places you could learn, but kudos to you on that. So you go learn, you flip it around, you say, "Okay, I'm going to now be an account manager and working this uh, this this program and and start selling." So I love the tenacity of going from, "Hey, you know, soccer didn't quite work out. You know, finished up school, ended up here, rent's heavy. I'm not going to quit bitching or complain about it. I'm going to figure yeah. out how to get things done." Um, yeah. And that, that's a skill that I just think carries over. Wow. Uh, yeah. Not only from in your young twenties, but to, you know, when you yeah. start hitting that seven and eight figure and, you know, and I've had some eight figure, nine figure entrepreneurs on the show and, and, they, and they, there's that same message. Yeah. You, you figure out how to get it done and you keep fighting. Yeah. Here's the thing. Life doesn't stop. The world doesn't
1: stop turning and you can't put yourself in a, a spot where you think, Hey, I deserve everything coming to me. You got to go out there and create that for yourself. You can get opportunities to come to you, right? With an abundance mindset, like we were talking about earlier, you have to learn every day and be excited about learning. And what I have found the best thing to do throughout my sales career is fall in love with the process. And I've taken all these things from learning of how I taught myself how to DJ so I can make income. Uh, I, I, learned how to get myself into a European soccer team when as an American player, I didn't deserve it. Um, and you learn something about yourself. You give yourself the fun, foundational elements of resilience and grit. And I did have to hustle, um, back then, and I've hustled throughout my sales career. But what I've, I've found is once I've elevated myself to true professional status, and looking at sales as a real craft, just as a professional athlete would, or an actor would, or a musician would, I look at sales as, Hey, i want to treat this, this career with respect. And I want to be a pro and I want to consistently perform and to consistently perform. You can't do that without, you know, learning and continuing to evolve. And after a big win, yeah, celebrate it, but you know, there's, there's a new playoff game next week. So, you know, I'll celebrate tonight, but tomorrow it's about
0: watching the game tape and getting back to business. Love it. I love it. Your your the sales that we do, like the sales career you have should and will be a professional sport like you should treat this in that same capacity as as athletes go into the gym every day try to get better study film break it down um you know i in in my in my own in my own career i recently had a string of of no sales of back-to-back um um deals that didn't work out for me i was yeah. really frustrated and i sat there and i like okay i broke i just i ran film back I, yeah. I looked back. I looked at my emails. I looked at the communication. I looked at the notes that I had. I, you know, because of what we do, we don't. You know, I don't record calls. But I looked at it and I said, okay, where did I go wrong, and how yeah. can I improve? And I just, I just to hear someone else say that, I love it because there's too many people that are just like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a show up and wing it doesn't work. I'm not going to put in the reps in before after hours doesn't work. So you go on this journey, you get into sales and it's, and and you have a, you know, you have a 20 year career here. You go into B2B sales, you work in different capacities, but how do you break into strategic SaaS sales? Because I, I have to tell you here as, as the sales community has evolved, right? Let's just say over the past. 10, 15, even 20 years there, you know, you start getting into, there's, there's certain caliber level of sales that people want to get into, right? You start, and and I know this, and and I I see these people on a consistent basis, right? If they want to go in the corporate world and working in sales, they're like, okay, I want to get into SaaS sales. uh, I want to get into high level uh, medical sales, not, not pharma. And I love my pharma, but like high level, or there's some, and didn't even know this. And and I don't know if you know, but there is a, big business in agriculture sales had no clue yeah. I live in the agricultural valley of California and so I have some colleagues that just completely crushed it crush you know, yeah. similar to what similar to what top SaaS account executives do selling yeah. grapes and almonds and tra- yeah. I mean they travel the world and sell it but I've learned some things so everyone's looking to say how do I break into these industries SaaS is yeah. one of them how would you get yeah. into it yeah so you know fast forward from the New York City days to
1: there there came a point where yeah, again, in mid-20s at that point, had done had lived in New York City for a little while, um, met my you know, wife now, girlfriend at the time. Um, she had been living there for a while. She had just tra- made a career transition herself. She went from fashion world into nursing. And when I met her, she was just finishing up nursing school. And it was uh, one snowy March week um, in New York and we had the chance to go visit her family down in Sarasota, Florida, uh, where she grew up. And it was perfect weather. We were at the beach, dolphins were going by. We were having drinks at sunset, and we we're thinking to ourselves, "Why are we living in New York? Um, why don't we try just living down here for a year, take a break, and and then evaluate?" You know, we were thinking California or you know some other place. So that's what we did. We we moved down there. It was about, you know, supposed to be a year experiment and whatever, 10 years later, 12 years later, here we are still living here. Um, it's an affordable place to live. And uh, so that's what, what I did. I, but what I had to do was start over. I was working on accounts like Gucci and, um, you know, some other high profile accounts in the music marketing business to then starting all over again selling $45 little ad space in a local paper that told you about upcoming events and things like that. So I was going driving around trying to sell these, this little ad space. So I had to start with print advertising from there. I built myself into uh, television advertising. I was working at the local television station and the defining moment for me was, all right, I was looking at the advertising space and I was like okay things are changing things are going more digital and you know this is about a decade ago and I said I need to get myself into digital advertising otherwise my career is going to be done in you know local television advertising so I was doing well in the local television space but I knew I didn't have a future in it so to get myself into the SaaS space um I parlayed My experience in advertising and local businesses. And I said, okay, what are the digital marketing companies that I could align myself with where I could parlay this network that I had? And I could almost even take that business because television advertising was declining. I could go and talk to those prospects and bring them into this new space. And that's exactly what I did. I went from television advertising to a company called Reach Local. Who focuses on helping small businesses develop digital marketing solution, which is you know delivered through SaaS. That got me into the SaaS industry, and then I just worked my way up from small medium sized business to mid market to now talking to
0: you know Fortune one hundred level brands. either the story, right? The 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 before and after, right? Let's, let's not hide the fact that you're a seven figure sales executive now, but when did you, how many years ago did you take that step back and say, hey, I'm going to yeah. go sell $45 print ads? <laughs> what year was that? Yeah, it was in 2008, yeah. um, a while ago. Yeah. So you, you take a step back, 2008, and you say, okay, I'm going to go sell $45 print ads. Listen, catapult to Commission's family, where you're at right now doesn't have to be where you're going to be 10 years from now where you're at right now isn't gonna be reflective of your income in 10 years from now. Your mindset is gonna be reflective where you'll be 10 years from now. So do you hear Brandon say, hey, I take a step back and I go sell $45 print ads. I gotta be honest with you. If in the world of sales, right, selling print ads, I mean, that's a grind. That is, that is not, there's, there's, there's no sexiness award with selling print ads. But you hear someone as successful as Brandon say, I'm gonna take a step back. I'm going to strategically move either lateral or downward however you look at it with the intention of growing and his accelerated rate from 2008 to here we are at the tail end of 2021 is is amazing incredible right if, if you if you look at his income that he was at 2008 i don't know what it was but you look at what his income is over the last several years in that seven figure if your stock portfolio grew that fast you would be excited right. You have that same control and that same ability with your career. So you break into SaaS, fa- SaaS sales. Now, yep. you're, you consistently are earning seven figures. When did that start? How many years in a row? And what's the secret to that? Yeah, so the story from there was, I got into SaaS, I was there
1: for a few years, and I always looked at like three-year horizons. Um, and we hear it all the time, you're either learning, you're earning, um, or, you know, you're building your own thing. And so at the time I was learning digital marketing, I was learning SaaS, I was learning technology and I was like falling in love with technology. And, but at some point I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm not earning as much as I know I could. If I, if I got into a different environment, so then I got myself into a different environment, and it was more elevated. It was, it was actually a consulting firm that focused on like IT solutions, and um, it was not just selling like SaaS solutions of, of other people, but it was also selling services. So that gave me, that elevated me and got me into like the mid market business. We were working with larger companies, coming up with more strategic solutions. And we were like, okay, we can use this solution over here, this solution over here, and we'll come in and be consultants and, and outsource some of your your pains of the IT. Um, so that like really elevated my career. And then what what I needed at that point was, all right, I'm looking for a cultural change, and at the time this was probably going back to like 2015 Silicon Valley was hot and I wanted to work remotely. I wanted to, to travel a little bit and I linked up with a, a late stage startup out of San Francisco. I was on a plane all the time. It was cool. It was interesting. I was working on enterprise customers. So I got myself in the enterprise space. I was in SaaS. I was at a hot startup uh, making six figures and, um, In 2017, I was recruited by my current company, Live Person, And at that time, I wasn't looking to leave. I was comfortable. I was enjoying what I was doing. And I had two lists. I had a list on one side of like a handful of companies, like really well-known companies that I would be willing to take a conversation with if they knocked on my door. And on the other side, I had a list of industries I'd be willing to take a bet on. And LivePerson sat on the category list of artificial intelligence. Because I, I knew artificial intelligence is something that's going to shape our lives for decades to come. And if I could get on the ground floor of a company who is leading the way in artificial intelligence, yeah, I'm willing to take that conversation. And the more conversations I had, uh, the more I was bought into, this is the right company at the right time in the right industry. So I took that bet, left my comfortable six-figure role again after being there for about three years. I learned, I think, everything that I could there, earned as much as I possibly could in, in that environment. And the, the person who hired me said, hey, I think you're gonna be the first salesperson to earn over a million bucks. And I took that ball and ran. And the first year, so I, I started in January 2018, Closed my first two deals in 2018 in that year, surpassed my quota. And in 2019, getting paid off of closing two deals at the end of the year, uh, that gave me a good foundation. And in 2019 was the first year, uh, earned a million and a half bucks. Uh, So I went from like 200,000 to a million and a half bucks uh, in a short period of time. And uh, since then I've I've stayed in the seven-figure earners club.
0: Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8911. 67. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, Brandon, let's not let's not let's not discount that, man. Congratulations. <laughs> that is a that is a huge accomplishment. I just read an article this morning, uh, literally this morning, right before we went on air. Uh, what the annual income you needed to be considered rich and wealthy in your community, right, in your city. And we, we all live in different cities. I live in the city yeah. of Bakersfield. It's about 100 miles north of LA. I so am. I am, I am, you know, I love my Bakersfield community, but we are definitely not like, you know, Bay yeah. Area, Los Angeles, Tampa, New York City. But 1 million, $1. 1.5 million, I can tell you this, I just read the list this morning. That puts you top income earners, any city, okay. pick a place, drop it in New York City, Chicago, Dallas, et cetera. Congratulations to that. But yeah, I love sure. the growth. Yeah. 200 grand. To 1.5, and, and you would think that we planned it when I, I kind of took a jab at the 200 grand earner, 200 grand earner earlier, and, and I promise you had to quote the to family. I didn't plan it, but if you find yourself in a level of complacency we you're like, shit, I can't gr- go across this plateau. I mean, Brandon has just talked. His, he has bet on himself numerous times where he has taken risks. He stepped out of his comfort zone, and it is easy And I'm listening, catapult to commission family. It is easy to stay where you're at right now because you're good enough to get your job done. You're good enough to just skate by and make 200 grand, or 250 grand, or 300 grand. And I got to be honest with you, if you're if you listen to this show religiously, and I know I have a loyal following, that's not you because that's not me, and that's not what we bring on this show. I have brought I have brought, you know, mothers and and people who've left their non-sales jobs and have been seven-figure earners in direct sales. And they talk about the passion of getting uncomfortable. We have brought people who've done it through corporate America. They've talked about the passion of being uncomfortable, willing to start over. Hell, we've brought entrepreneurs that have risked everything and talk about being uncomfortable. But there's something to be said about being uncomfortable and having your back against the wall and growing. So I think that that's huge, Brandon. So you break into seven figures. You haven't looked back since then. You have, you, you, you have a book coming out right now, an ebook coming out, Seven Steps to Seven Figures. Can you highlight, give us a little premise? And what are some of these steps right now? Now, let, let's just talk. You know, I have people who listen to the show who, who work at some big software companies, you know, at Oracle, Salesforce.com. I, I know some of these folks who listen in. What does it take for them to go from that plateau of, let's say, that mid six figure range, because they have the industry, but to crack into that seven figure world? Yeah, so the seven steps for me, um step 1
1: is you got to get in the right environment to close huge deals. So, when I was with the late stage startup, again, I wasn't thinking to myself, "Oh, I can be a million dollar earner," but there there was a seed planted in me of like I knew it was possible. And, you know, the the old environment is, as much as I enjoyed it, um I knew I had reached a ceiling and I wanted to break through that ceiling. So, by me taking a bet, uh, again, on myself. And y- you talk about a good, good point that I think is, is really important to underline here is I took bets on myself because I believed in myself. Leaving New York could have been catastrophic for my career. And I, I, it, it, there were times when I had doubts of so, like I should, we should have never left New York because I, I don't have a career choice. Back then, working remotely you know, wasn't really a thing. And, but I believed in myself and I'm like, I, I know the future is going to be better. So I made that bet in myself. So I think it's important that you got to place those bets in yourself and, and build the right mindset, but I had to be in the right environment. So that was step one. And then step two is, you know, once I'm in that right environment, I need to, be strategic about my account list. And my account list shouldn't just be something that's handed to me and, and I'm told, here's your territory, good luck, go after it. What I did was I found more meaning in my account list. And I came up with five different criteria of things that were important to me. Of, okay, I wanna move fast. I wanna work with companies that I have expertise in. I wanna work with companies that are making a difference in the world and so i came up with this this criteria and i plotted it out on a venn diagram and then i prioritized my list that helped me to focus that helped me to actually move things off my account list over time that people would normally think i'm insane like an example is walmart the world's largest company i moved them off my list because it didn't fit in some of the categories like i knew walmart wouldn't be able to move fast I knew I wouldn't be able to get real high-level executive buy-in at the world's largest companies. Apple, another one, I moved off my list. So that helped me to focus on what was important to me so that I could actually start locking in big deals quicker. Then the third step is once you start breaking into these accounts, man, imposter syndrome starts to really creep in. And imposter syndrome basically means you don't believe that you deserve a seat at the table talking with a C-level executive of a Fortune 50 company. And um, what I needed to do was work through my mindset, get my mind right so that I, I could be confident and I could think to myself, I do deserve a seat at the table because I offer value. Um, and, and here's the thing about imposter syndrome. It's actually a good sign. It's a sign that you're elevating, you're progressing in your career, and, but it doesn't need, doesn't need to hold you back. And what I went through is a, an exercise of thinking, okay, what are all my personality traits, the good and what I perceived as bad? And I highlighted those things that I thought were weaknesses, and then I rethought them, I repurposed them uh, here's an example. Uh, I'm an introvert. Um, I thought way back in the day when I started in sales, man, you have to be an extroverted person. It's about taking them to dinner. It's about you know doing business over drinks, and I hated those things. But what I found was once I got into a strategic selling environment and working with really large companies, no, it's it's not about being extroverted as an asset. It's actually about being introverted because when I think. Deeply on the behalf of solving problems for these really large companies, that's an asset. And it's not about winding and dining them, it's about showing them commercial insights that allow them to fundamentally change their business. So once I broke through that wall of imposter syndrome, then I created this standard, step four is like, or excuse me, uh, yeah, step four is creating this standard that no one else delivers. I call it the diamond standard. And for me, Because I'm a B to B to C seller, because I work with B to C brands, I want to know the customer experience better than anybody I talk to. That takes deep work, that takes research, that takes helping show them problems. And a good example of this is I won Delta Airlines, um, the most well known, largest airlines in the world, because I was one of their customers. I knew what it was like flying on their plane every other week. I knew what it was like using their app. I knew what it was like being on hold with customer service. So I could come in as a Diamond Medallion member and show them, hey, I am your most loyal customer. I also happen to know how to change and enhance the customer experience. Um, so that was like step four. And then the, the, the last three steps are, you know, I got to build a transformation mindset. Instead of selling transactions, I need to sell how a company can operate in a different way. That elevates my commissions, that elevates my my uh, deal potential. And then step six is I can't do this all alone. I need to get other people selling with me, whether that's my CEO, a head of sales, or even my solutions consultant. I wanna put them in, in a position like a quarterback does. They don't run every single play themselves. They know when to throw the ball, who to throw it to, who to hand it off to at the right time, I need to get other people helping sell these really large transformation deals. And then step seven, earning seven figures is usually could happen once, right, for somebody in SaaS sales, but to make it consistent year after year, I need to develop a personal operating system. And that's what I talk about most of the time is this concept of a personal operating system. You need to think of yourself like a mini CEO and operate in a way that integrates your work and life
0: so it's all harmonized. Man, so for <laughs> one, you feel, so, I mean, I'm, I'm writing notes then as we're speaking, right? I, I, the personal operating system is what you last said and I, and I love treating yourself as a true um, independent brand as independent company as as you know yeah. if you had your own board of directors that you responded to with the work you do by yourself every day be reflective of something you're proud of i look into that and that capacity is from the the way you eat are you working out what time you go to bed what are what are the things you're listening to like if you were to just you know what was the stupid i don't say stupid the jim carrey movie was it the truman show or something like that, where they recorded his life unsuspectingly right if yeah. you did that like that's that to me is like, okay, what am I doing throughout the day? Can I do that? But there's a couple other things here. I mean, you you the introvert versus extrovert. I love how you you position that because I have I have interviewed people and spoke to people who are incredibly extroverted people. I mean, they're just they're like the life of the party, they're the social people. But I've interviewed some amazing badass sales reps who are truly like, hey, I'm an introvert by trait. This is what, how I am. And they're so talented in sales because they take that mindset of, yeah, I'm going to identify this problem. I'm going to cr- present solutions. I'm going to solve the problem. Because, look, the, the extrovert don't get And I am an extrovert by nature, Catapult, so I'm not talking bad about you who are extroverts. But there is a, a stigma of being an extrovert. Are you just a gift of gabber? Are you just a smooth talker? Are you all action, no delivery? And those type of salespeople give sales as a whole just a really bad name. So I, I like to live, live that. The imposter syndrome at seven figures. Look, the imposter syndrome exists at six figures. It exists at seven it's... figures. It exists everywhere. So if you're experiencing and dealing with it, know that you aren't alone, right? It does happen. We have to identify it. We have to get over it. So one of the steps you make was being in that right environment, surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with those right people. I can't tell you how many times that, and 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 I love what you're saying here, Brandon. Perception, right? What I'm perceiving eventually becomes my reality. And getting in that in yeah. right environment. So if if I believe I'm an imposter, and I surround myself with people who aren't going to uplift me, yeah, it, dude. Confession on air catapult to Kim's family. When I first launched the show, I'm not sure if you guys recall this. I mean, we're over 100 episodes, but my first show had seven downloads. I'm pretty sure I was six of them. So I was <laughs> like, holy shit, dude, what am I doing? And yeah. I had the opportunity to be around people like. Why are you doing this? There's already Grant Cardone's. There's already Tony Robbins. Like, why are you gonna go and try to break into space? Blah blah blah. And I had some of those. Yeah. And and I love some of those people, but we don't communicate anymore. Like that's not yeah. who my environment is. And, yeah. and and you know the results have continued to grow, and it's what your perception is. So dude, to hear that is awesome. Um, how how does someone get a hold of this book? Right. So you, you yeah. seven steps, seven figures. How does someone track you down? Learn more about all that fun stuff. Yeah, first place is just follow me on LinkedIn. Um I
1: actually deconstruct everything that I was just talking about on LinkedIn and I post every single day. I don't know what you were talking about when you started your podcast, I started my personal branding journey uh really heavily earlier this year and you know, same thing happened to me. Imposter syndrome creeped in on that. I was like, ah, oh, man, like nobody's liking this stuff. And, you know, I was, I was measuring all the wrong things and fast forward to a year later, I was like 4,000 followers on LinkedIn this time last year to now almost 20,000. And people are really getting behind this. We're building a community Like people are getting behind this idea of, you know, anti hustle, build a per- personal operating system, fall in love with the process find more meaning in your work, integrate that with life. And so follow me on LinkedIn and you'll get a bunch of of good insights into my journey. And then if you want to get a hold of the book, uh, just go to my website, brandonfluhardy.com. And uh, it's a very simple website right now. Just put in your email address and I'm going to release the ebook early next year, 2022, maybe even by the time this uh, episode drops. And anybody who is on that email list will get it at, at a discount.
0: Catapults Commission's family, BrandonFlaherty.com. You will find his website, his LinkedIn profile down in the show notes before below. Be sure to go get connected with this. The value that Brandon is sharing here for relatively free to low is something that you can take and implement immediately. And as as the guests come on the show for Catapulting Commissions, we consistently say our guests are some of the top-in-class, world-class Brandon, you fit right in line with that group. So thank you for joining the show today. I wish you nothing but an abundant success in 2022. Uh, we are recording the show in early December, but it will be released right around the same time your book is launching. So hopefully we'll time that up right before, right timing for you and, and get some get some, uh, love and attraction to that book. So thanks for joining the show. I wish you nothing but a happy holiday season. Catapulting Commissions family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and I'll see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word hello to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.